Uh, before we get into God's word, I just wanted to, I had this thought this week. I think a lot of us, because of the lockdown we went through last time, we have this mentality to say that I'll do it once the lockdown is over. And that's what happened last lockdown, right? Because we didn't know how long the lockdown was going to be. And, and so a lot of people thought it's going to be a short lockdown. So we don't, you know, once we just put everything on hold. And then once things open up again, then I'll just get on with my life. And I reckon there's some of us that have that kind of attitude even now, especially towards the way we live for God. Yes, we can't meet, we can't leave our homes, we can't go to church. And so I think there's some of us that are like, you know what, I'll go back to church, I'll, you know, live for God once life goes back to normal. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Because that assumes this very, really big assumption. And that is that your tomorrow is guaranteed. And that's a massive assumption. Because if we were to pause tomorrow and you waiting for life to go on, what a waste of today. So I want to encourage you guys in the way that you relate to God whether that's in your devotions, whether that's in your prayer, whether that's in the way that you love God and love people, we need to learn to love God. We need to learn to be Christians in the now rather than I'll do it once lockdown is finished. And I really want to challenge you. It's not about what can't I do. It's really about what can you do. And I'm hoping that during this time of lockdown that you have all the time that, that you would be drawn closer to God. That because you now have time, that you would spend more time with God and not wait for lockdown. Because I promise you, if you can't do it now, once lockdown finishes, you won't do it. And it's an opportunity for us right now to love God and love people and not wait. So I want to encourage you guys to do that. And I don't want you to waste this time. Don't waste this crisis because I believe God's got a lot for us. And I hope that you're good. So we're in this series in Proverbs. This is our winter series. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you feel wiser? <laughs> I, feel, I feel challenged to be wiser. I don't know if I am wiser, but I definitely am feeling challenged to be wiser in the way that I live my life. One of the things that we see uh, as we've been studying the book of Proverbs is this, that we need wisdom in all areas of our lives. There is not a single area that wisdom does not need to be applied Tonight, we talk about the topic of, of money, but it started off with money, but actually, the Proverbs speaks so much more about this. This is an area that we definitely need wisdom. When Proverbs speaks about money, just like all the other major themes that Proverbs speaks about, the Proverbs give us a choice. It gives us a choice of a lifestyle. To either live with wisdom or without wisdom. And the difference in, in today's topic is this. You can either live generously or you can live in greed. But you can't be both. 
So as I like doing, let's start with some definitions. What does it mean to be generous? Generous is defined showing a readiness to give more of something, especially money, than is strictly necessary or expected. To be generous is not an action, but actually is an attitude. It's a willingness to show, sorry, to show a readiness to give more than is necessary or expected. It's a desire to do more or give more than the minimum. And you know what? You can be generous with your money, but you can also be generous with your time. You can be generous with your talents and even with your love. To want to give more than the minimum, to want to give more than what is necessary or expected, that is generosity. Now, what's greed then? If we define greed, greed is defined like this intense and selfish desire for something, especially wealth, power, or food. The central idea of greed is that it is self-centered. It is selfishness. It's wanting things for myself and only myself. Greed is the opposite to generosity. Generosity wants to give more, but greed wants to keep more. Now, what's interesting about generosity and greed is that it actually has nothing to do with how much money you have. Generosity is not tied to a person's net worth, nor the face value of the gifts. It's not just rich people that can be generous and kind. But likewise, the wealthy are not the only ones that can hoard what they have, but even the poor can be greedy. Here's a quote. It is not what you will do with a million if a million should err be your lot, but what you are doing at present with the dollar and a quarter you got. Money amplifies whatever desire is already existing in your heart. If you can't be generous with the dollar that you have now, you definitely won't be generous with the thousands or millions later. Generosity has got nothing to do with the dollar value, but actually is the attitude of your heart. And same with greed. Greed is all about an attitude of I want and I'm going to keep. There are three things that we learn about greed in the book of Proverbs, about greed and about greedy people. Number one is this. Greed has an insatiable desire, meaning an ongoing and unfulfilling desire. Proverbs 27, 20. Death and destruction are never satisfied, 
and neither are human eyes. Ecclesiastes 5.10, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. Proverbs 21, 25, 26, the craving of a sluggard will be the death of him because his hands refuse to work. All day he craves for more, but the righteous give without sparing. One of the characteristics of greed is that Greed, it's never enough. What is in your bank account, it's not enough. It's never enough and will never be enough for the one that is greedy. One of the richest men in the world was asked one day, how much money do you need? How much money is enough? And the answer was this, I just want one more dollar. And that's the attitude of greed. It's always just one more dollar, just one more possession. However, the reality to this is that there is no end to that desire. It's insatiable, meaning it will never be fulfilled. The second thing that we learn about greed is that it's tied with... uh, apologize for pronunciation, misery. Is it mi- miserly? No, I don't know. Right. We'll go with whatever you want. The word miserly or miserly comes from a word miser, right? A miser is a person who hoards wealth and spends as little as possible on others. A more relevant term, I looked it up in the Urban Dictionary, would be a tight wad. (laughs) Proverbs 23, 6 to 8. Do not eat the food of a begrudging host. Do not crave his delicacies, for he is the kind of person who is always thinking about the cost. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. What we find about greed is that it is all calculated. Greedy people are the most calculative people in the world because they there, there is no freedom to give because all they want to do is hold on. Greed calculates everything and gives not a cent more than what needs to be given and yet expects more to receive. There was a funny story in the news how um, a bunch of friends went out to have a meal and when they got to the end of the meal, um, they Dutch pay, meaning that each person would pay for their own meal. And one of the friends said to the other friend, one of the other friends and said, hey, I saw you eat some of my chips on my plate. I think you should pay a small portion for the chips that you ate off my plate. That is a miser. That is someone that is greedy. So insatiable desire, a miser. And thirdly, what we see about greed, it is that it is self-defeating. In an attempt to fill itself by gaining and retaining things, greed empties itself of the inward qualities which truly satisfy. 
Proverbs 11:16. A kind-hearted woman gains honor, but ruthless men gain only wealth. Those who are kind benefit themselves, but the cruel bring ruin on themselves. Proverbs 11:24. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Proverbs 13:7. One person pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Yet another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. See, greed is characterized with a desire that is never-ending, an attitude that calculates costs, and ultimately, in the end, what they're building up is never going to be enough. And that's why it's self-defeating, because at the end of the day, they think they have it all, but the reality is they are so empty because what they have does not satisfy, will not satisfy. But the Proverbs also speak loudly of the opposite of greed, generosity. And and there's just a few points that the Proverbs define generosity or how generosity is played out in our world. The first is this, generous people care for the needy. Proverbs 14.21, it is a sin to despise one's neighbor, but blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. Blessed means to have God's favor. Proverbs 28.27, those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. Proverbs 11.24-26, one person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. People curse the one who hoards grain, but they pray God's blessing on the one who is willing to sell. Generous people look after the needy. And the crazy part of it is this. They don't lose out. That's what the Proverbs is saying. Generous people, even though they give and they give and they give, they don't lose out because at the same time that they're giving and giving and giving, God is also giving and giving and giving to them. That's what the Proverbs are saying. Generous people gain more, not only because they are generous, it's so that they can be even more generous. I've seen it. I've seen it with my eyes. I live with it. This is a story of my wife. And people who have been at the church uh, for a while, you will know this. I have learned everything about generosity through my wife, who is one of the most generous people. She said yes to me. It's very generous, right? But, you know, I've shared stories about not just her generosity, but her sometimes illogical generosity. And I'm telling you, We have never, we have never been in need. And I truly believe that that is because my wife is generous and has taught me to live a generous life. I am so, now it's not about what can I hoard, it's about what can I give. Kind of, this is going to sound a little bit selfish, but it's like, what can I give so I can gain? You know, what would God bless me with? It's an opportunity to be blessed. But generous people care for the needy. Number two, generous people do it now. 
Proverbs 3, 27, 28. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. When it is in your power to act, do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow. I'll give it to you tomorrow when you already have it with you. Generous people, truly generous people do not wait. Right? Remember, generosity is an attitude. Greed is a calculation. Right? Generosity says, if I have it, I can give it. Greedy people say, if I have it, let me calculate whether I can give it or not, and then come back tomorrow, and then if I can, then I'll give it to you. But that's not generosity. That's calculated. To be generous is to give when you have, and actually to hold back is defined as greed and selfishness. Generous people, do it today. Do it now. Thirdly, generosity honors God. Proverbs 14.31, whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. Proverbs 3, 9, 10, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Being generous is not just a good thing, but it's actually a way that we honor God. Why? Because it acknowledges that everything that we have is actually not ours. It actually comes from God. That's what honor is. Honor is to give value to where value is due. When we honor God with our generosity, what we're saying is, you know what, God? This was all from you. Thank you so much for blessing me with what I have. I'm going to give it out freely. It's not mine. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. But you gave it to me. And in the same way, I trust that you gave it to me. If I give, I'm going to believe that you're going to look after me. When we are generous, God honors us. You know, I think it makes God proud. Uh, I, I have five children. I know it's weird, right? I had to speak to someone on the phone this week, and they asked me, how many dependents do you have? And I said, five. And they had to ask me again, because I think they thought they heard wrong. One of the most proudest moments as a father is when I watch my children be generous to each other. And it's not just about, you know, giving stuff to each other. It's about giving themselves to each other. Um, I have older children, year eight, year five, year three, and then I have two young ones, a two-year-old and a four-month-old. And I watch especially my three older children give themselves to the younger ones, whether it's holding them, whether it's playing with them. And as a father, I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of them. And I think that's how God feels about when we're generous. You know, when we're generous to each other, I think it makes God proud. But the opposite, when we show greed, I think it displeases God. Because you don't honor God when you're greedy, you're just selfish. You don't acknowledge God. You've made it about you. But generosity honors God. Number four, generosity leads to blessings of liberation 
Humility. Real struggle today, guys. I even practice this word, liberality. <laughs> it's not getting better. Okay. What is liberality? <laughs> oh, gee. The live stream team here is laughing at me. Um, it's the quality of giving and spending freely. Right? This also is a quality of my wife who decides to, she's like, right? You'll get a car and then you'll get a car and you'll get a car, you know? That's what it is. When we're generous, you get to experience that, that freedom. Proverbs 28, 27, those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. Proverbs 11, 24 to 25, one person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. The greedy are limited because of their selfishness and desire to hold and to hoard. But generosity, the generous get to experience amazing freedom. Amazing freedom. Finally, God responds to the generous. Proverbs 22.9, the generous will themselves be blessed for they share their food with the poor. Proverbs 19.17, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. Proverbs 21.13, whoever shuts their eyes to the poor, to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. God responds to generosity and he responds to greed in the same way that you do. Generous will be blessed. God will reward the generous. This is what wisdom says. This is what the Proverbs say to us. And here's the question. Are you generous or are you greedy? Is your life filled with calculation, hoarding, feeling like you never have enough? Well, they're the characteristics of greed. Or is your life filled with freedom, with helping the needy, with your finances, your time and your deeds? Do you feel blessed? Do you feel full? Just because you know God is with you and God is providing for you. Are you living to give or are you living to get? Acts 20, 35, Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And one of the reasons why we choose knowingly or unknowingly, we choose greed over generosity is simply because we do not believe what that verse says. We do not believe that it is more blessed to give than to receive. We don't believe that when we are wise, meaning that when we fear the Lord with our time, our talents, and our treasures, we're trusting to look at God. That, that, that when, we be, when we live with that wisdom and we sit at the feet of the Lord that we're trusting Him with our finances. We're trusting Him with our time. We're trusting Him with our lives rather than trying to do it for yourself. That's what fools are. 
That's what foolishness is, to live without God. That's what foolish behavior is, to try to make it on your own. And I'm telling you this, you will not get far. You will not get far trying to make it on your own because you one number one, you are not God. Number two, you're just a human being. You can't control tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And number three, you're sinful. So even if you were one of the greatest human beings in the world, you're still sinful. You're still selfish. A friend of mine in our, in our church, um, we were talking about what's one of the most satisfying experiences in the world, right? Is it to be rich? Is it to be famous? Is it to be powerful? And it was amazing to hear this answer because this guy, I think, has experienced all of this. And he said to me, Steve, none of it, none of it is satisfying. The most satisfying thing is this, is to help someone. It's to be generous in helping someone. Friends, if you want to experience true freedom and true fulfillment in your life, choose generosity. I'm telling you this because I've been on both scopes. The joy of living a life that is generous. And I said, generosity isn't an action, it's an attitude. Generous people, when they wake up, they're thinking about who can I bless today? Who can I help today? Who can I reach out today? It's the attitude of generosity. But greedy people are the other way. What can I get today? What can I hold on today? What can I hoard today? And the Proverbs tell us that the path of greed leads to destruction because you're on your own. But the path of generosity leads to God and God will take care of you. Friends, choose to be a giver and not a getter, whether it be your finances, your time, or your talents. Give and give generously and see how God intervenes in your life. Trust God with your life. Honor Him and see how He makes your paths straight. And I'm telling you this, it's not about whether you're rich or poor. And I started with this, and I'm saying it again, because so many times we're like, when I am rich, I will be generous. I promise you, if you've said that, you will not be generous. If you cannot be generous in your poverty, you will never be generous in your richness. But the opposite is true too. If you can be generous even when you're poor, then finally when you have something, you will even be more generous. Trust God. Trust God when he says it is better, it is more blessed, it is more fulfilling and more satisfying to give than to receive. I'm glad, in one sense, I'm glad that you're not here and then I'll just speak into the camera and I can speak honestly to you. I love you all. And my job as, a, as, as your pastor is to speak truth to you. Some of you are not generous. You, right? Right? Just straight into that camera, right? It's, it's, it's not even about do I have 
do I have money to be generous with? It's, that's not the question. Right? The question is, with what you have, do you have a generous heart? You know, the Bible talks about this story how these rich folk go to the temple and they give their offering to the Lord and they're just giving like big amounts of money and, and big showtime uh, amounts and, and just offering it to the Lord and, and you, know, that, you know, bringing these big chunks and just giving it to God and saying, wow, look at this, look at what I'm giving to God. And then this poor widow, this poor widow turns up and, and she's got two copper coins and she, she brings these two measly copper coins and brings it to the Lord. And Jesus says, hey, who do you think gave more? Who do you think was the generous one? And he says, it was the woman. Because all these other people, they gave out of their wealth. They gave a part of their wealth. But this woman, this widow, she gave everything she had. That's generosity. Who do you think God's going to look after? Who do you think God's going to honor in that situation? People who give out of their wealth, who give a little bit out of their extra, or people who honor God first. When it says, honor God with your first fruits, meaning how can you honor God before you honor yourself, before you do what you need to do? That's the tithe. That's the tithe. The Old Testament tithe is you take the first 10% and you honor that to God. And you God, this whole 100% that I have, it's only because of you. Here's the 10%. And it's not, here's 10%, I'm going to do whatever I want with my 90%. No, here's the 10% to you. And with the rest of the 90%, how can I honor you? Honor God. Honor God with your generosity. I promise you. There's this phrase, you can never outgive God. I dare you. I dare you to try that. Try to outgive God. Try to outgive God with your finances. Try to outgive God with your skills. Try to outgive God with your time. You will never outgive God. You cannot do more than what God can do for you. That's generosity. Now, I want to finish with a few amazing stories of generosity that we've seen over the years here at the chapel. It said, you can be generous with your finances. You can be generous with your, your skills or what you, what you can do. And you can be generous with your time. I've got three stories. Number one, I've, I've titled The First Suit. One of our younger members at our church uh, was about to have his first ever formal interview. And so... He needed to dress up. He needed to look nice. And so a few older brothers at our church took him shopping, right? Because this, this, this younger guy, he, he's never bought a suit before. And these two older brothers, they, they offered to take him suit shopping. And they took out their time and they drove him to the shops. And then later I found out not only did they take him shopping, but they actually paid for the suit. So this younger guy, right, he's expecting just a nice ride to the shops and a little bit of advice, which was a little bit funny because the two guys that took him, uh, fashion-wise, I wouldn't have picked them for fashion ex experts, really. I'm not going to say who they are. 
But you know, you, you wouldn't ask them really for fashion advice, right? But this guy was like, look, uh, like, look, let me let me take you to you know the stores that sell suits. And this younger guy would have expected that time, but not only that, when he went to pay for it, they actually offered to pay for him, and they paid for the suit and the alteration. Why? Because they were being generous. I think this would have made a huge impact in that young man's life. Second one, care packages. This is a real simple one. It happened last week. One of our life group leaders... And God bless our life group leaders. We love you all. Thank you so much for being the shepherds in our church. One of our life group leaders this week made care packages for their life group members. How nice is that? Just, I'm thinking about you. Now, I'm not saying this to make all the other life group leaders feel bad. (laughs) Please hear my heart. But this life group leader just, that's just, how they were generous. It's not like, you know, they were $1,000 gifts. Just a, a small care package that says, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about you. Had them delivered. Why? Because they were generous. The final one is uh, airport delivery. Whenever anyone had to go to the airport, which has been a while, right? No one's had to go to the airport for a while. One of our brothers would always offer to drive. Uh, this meant very early starts. It meant petrol. It meant time, the use of the person's car. But they did it joyfully. I personally, I think he's driven me to the airport for the last eight years. <laughs> I have personally been blessed. But why would they do this? It's not that they're not making money off it. It's because they have an attitude of generosity. Friends, whether it's your time, your talents, and your treasures, Scripture tells us that you have a choice to use them wisely or foolishly. And to use them wisely is to be generous. And to, be, to use them foolishly is to be greedy. And this is where I finish. Number one, you need to really think about it. You really need to think about where you sit on that scale of generous and greedy. And if you don't know, if you're like, I genuinely don't know if I'm a generous person or a greedy person and you want to know, ask me. I will tell you. I'll be very honest with you. I know. I know if you're generous or greedy. And I will love you enough to tell you the absolute truth. The funny thing is I know that there are people that go either way. But it's funny when you're, if you're the only person that thinks that you're generous, right? And no one else thinks that, then you're probably not. I'm talking to you, right in there, right? I'm talking to you. You need to have good self awareness, meaning look in the mirror and go, Am I generous? Am I living a life of generosity? 
And once again, it's not about quantity. Right? It's got nothing to do with the actual quantity. It's about the heart behind it. So you've got to be honest and you've got to be able to see yourself in the way that you are. And secondly, from that point, you have to go, how do I move towards generosity? And the challenge for that is this. It's not after you have more and it's not after you are out of lockdown. I'm telling you right now, right here, every single one of us has an opportunity to live generously, to choose generosity in their lives. Yes, you can't see each other. Yes, we can't meet up, but I promise you, if you want to, because generous people, they can't stop being generous. You can lock them up in, in their house. You can lock down the city, but real generous people are finding ways to be generous. We've got to move that way. You've got to move that way. If you really believe that that's what God wants, you've got to move that way. And you don't wait till later. You've got to work out when to do it. You've got to do it now. Right? And the third is this. It's got to move from head knowledge to your hands. There's no good thinking about generosity if you don't act upon generosity. And I know I'm telling and I know I've been saying generosity is an attitude, but any attitude that is not actioned or translated into real life is not a real attitude. That's a dream. That's the difference between a dream and reality. Action the heart of generosity now. I look forward to hearing many more stories. And you know what? I believe our church is a very generous church. Yes, financially, we're 20% under budget right now. Just letting you know, right? But actually, we are generally a very generous church. And it's not just about money. It's about people serving, people reaching out, people connecting, people wanting to be generous. I've seen it over and over again, and I've been so blessed by that. I believe God has honored our church because we're trying to honor him. So let's individually choose generosity, but corporately let's choose generosity too. doesn't matter how much we have in the bank, how much or how little we have. But even as a church, we're going to choose generosity because that honors God. Friends, be wise. Be wise. Choose generosity. Honor God and he will honor you. Let's pray.